Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there, welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors. They will give you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Dan Moylan, Michael Normanton and Daniel Chapman, Moscow White sat over there. What's that in front of you, Moscow White, that you've brought along with you that was tucked inside your coat pocket? The future. It is the future in a very literal sense, yes. The word yes. literally is used too much, but that is literally the future. It is. Well, that's just a piece of paper. But it's, and this is only for people watching the video. I was going to say, the, really. audio, the audio version, you may need to be a bit more descriptive. Fun with sounds. It's a, our 2023 calendar. I can exclusively reveal there will be 12 months next year. And each one of them Whoa. will be illustrated by a drawing of, of someone who's currently a Leeds United currently player. Currently a Leeds United player. We have no guarantees beyond oh, that's that. Quite, in the 22 calendar, you get to flip over to Rafinha soon, don't you? Yes. All sales are final. Um, <laughs> all sales are also for charity, which is the important thing. All the money from this goes to the Leeds Cancer Centre. But you also, uh, while they get the benefit of your charitable donations, you get the benefit of knowing what day it is. Not room to write what you're doing on those days. I know that was a request that um, we ignored, sorry. But the uh, <laughs> you do get to look at, there's a great rendition of Robin Cock in what should be, uh, Rob Palmer has drawn him in what should be Leeds United's kit. It won't focus on the camera, but it's a uh, it's an all-white, if you imagine the Umbro 1984 shirt, all-white with a, a blue with yellow trim V-neck collar, an Adidas logo and a smiley badge and Robin Cock wearing it, it literally doesn't get any better than that Literally. in life. And there's also um, a drawing of hit of Robin Cock wearing a t-shirt with his dad on it. And that's... Um, his an dad absolute... with a fine fine head of hair and moustache. Yeah, his dad is a is an exceptional person, not well, only for bringing Robin in the world. It's it's all fine and well telling me about that, mm. but I want one. Where can I get one? I mean, I know I could just walk into the office and grab one, but I mean, I'm, I'm watching this. The squareball.net. And yep. then um, there should be, you know, we're trying to push it as far as possible. Just look for a picture of a calendar and click on it. Yeah, uh, it's a tenner. All that goes to charity. All the profits from it, anyway, because obviously we have to pay to make the things um, get made. And you should, you n- should have paid for them out of your own pocket, Moscow, if you cared. Um, and they're great. There's <laughs> some lovely cartoons of Luke Ailing that Josh Parkin has done. His his man bun has never looked finer. Who's um, in December? Who we're we selling this year? Because it's Astera. Um, no, no, no. Let's let's not be silly. It's. Uh, I should keep that as a surprise. Yeah, you get you get a little cheeky uh, Christmas surprise next year and like well is he still here has he gone um it's all part of the the fun and the frolics and you'll but whatever happens when you get to that point you can look back on a successful year of supporting the leeds cancer center and 
what's the other thing? It's the Leeds Breast Cancer Awareness Group. Yep. They are all getting money from this. And so it doesn't matter if the players are <laughs> bought or sold or still with us, um, does it? I mean, it doesn't even uh, matter if we get the days right, quite this, frankly, this, which we have. There's more important things. So squareball.net, there should be links all over the video and in the description of the podcast and on YouTube and all that kind of stuff. And just on our website, which is always a good place to look at things in general. And um, <laughs> I think this sell has gone on for quite long enough. Well, for God's sake, it's charity. We can do. We could. We could do an hour on just this. <laughs> or you can buy some other stuff that's not for charity. Do you want to talk about this or talk about the Guitar World Cup? Well, we are here we'll to talk about the calendar. To talk about football. Um, this is the this is the World Cup diary version of the of the podcast. We'll be continuing throughout the tournament. Um, if you want an alternative World Cup, by the way, have a look uh, for members over on the Extra Ball feed. World Buttercup, which um, it's called Buttercup because it's a, just a fun play on words for our silly tournament we did before. Live watch along Saudi Arabia we've just scored. Oh, actually, yes, it is. We are doing a live watch along. Uh, this is the closest you'll ever get to it, come to think of it. <laughs> we, well, it? We, we've got it on in the yeah. background is yeah. what it's best described as. Uh, know, so to, to get to capture that authentic World Cup watch along vibe, we need to say things like Rodrigo de Paul, Rodrigo de Paul, Argentina, Argentina, Argentina. <laughs> So you know when you Rodrigo de Paul, you go around somebody's house and they won't turn the telly off. Yeah, and you just sit there and you know you're trying to have a conversation with them, and they're just not just paying just you any like attention. This, yeah, just it. countdown in the background. You know that they're trying to get the conundrum. They took it well as well. To be fair, did the lad there? Yeah, yeah, good finish. I mean, Argentina. It's a good job we've got we've got it on for this scintillating insight, isn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, nobody nobody watching this tomorrow would ever know that the lad took it well. It's exciting though because they don't even know. I mean, we they, don't. They'll if know. We don't, we've not said what the score is or what stage of the game it is. So the people listening or watching this don't even know which goal we're talking about. <laughs> I don't think we've even said which match, and maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should just leave it all out. And if you can tell us which goal the lad took well I and might, get it right, I might have mentioned the team. I think. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, just all well, destroyed. Spoiler alert: It's uh, forty-nine minutes into um, Argentina against Saudi Arabia, and it's it's just gone one all, which is fun, isn't it? Mm. I'm having a great time. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was just saying, yeah, the alternative World Cup, where we're, we're pitting basically Leeds United players, past and present, head to head, following the exact same to- uh, format as the the actual real World Cup, the FIFA thing, to crown a winner for no obvious reason other than we want to, and it's something else to to watch and listen to. Something to do, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, some nice little short uh, episodes over on there, ten, twelve, fifteen minutes a day, every every day that there's a game on, you're going to get an episode. Some exciting questions in there as well, such as who would start a best campfire? Yeah, who would you trust to administer a back sack and crack? Yeah, who could land a plane? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, all good fun, all good fun. Um, the World Cup, then. You know when you say it's on every day, you know how you'd be able to remind yourself of that. You could look on your calendar, <laughs> and you'll see, oh, it's a it's a day today, well, so you, there might be stuff happening. Not that calendar though, because that's for next year. Fine. <laughs> well, I mean, we've still got some of the twenty twenty. If you do want the twenty twenty two calendar, then. Yeah. Um, yeah, short lived. Uh, let, us, let us know. Um, that money will go to charity as well and uh, free up some room. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, the World Cup, the FIFA thing, uh, it's all underway. We are, yeah, I said we are Tuesday morning as we are recording this. Enjoying it so far? I think yesterday was, was an improvement, certainly. I think the opening game and all the stuff that surrounded it prior to that, I did sort of think, why are we fucking bothering with this? Because <laughs> that was proper Sunday League stuff that first match, wasn't it? It was. It was as Qatar, bad, Ecuador. It was as bad a game as I think I've ever seen at a World Cup. It was mm. like walking football and it felt like Ecuador were trying their best not to embarrass them in the second half. They were like, well, we'll just play at this pace. And the, yeah, and the fact you were talking in, in the in the run-up to this, 
about buyer's remorse, Michael. And the, it felt like there was a certain amount of that. And I think it was Barney Roney, I'm going to say, that was in The Guardian, his um, report on the whole thing, said that it almost f- feels like or felt like with the start of the tournament, it was the end of something. It was almost like the end of all the sort of 12 years of recrimination and finger pointing and allegations of corruption and all that sort of stuff. And it kind of, it was all brought to bear in the stadium that night when it was empty in the second half. It just all felt like, well, this is stupid. The whole thing's just stupid. Why is it here? I think what it's shown as we sit here watching Saudi Arabia, better ways of sports washing. The last thing you actually want to do is have an event in your own country because you will encounter all of the problems of that country. Yeah. Just just buy Newcastle some players and everyone loves you. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's the mad thing with Qatar because they've already done uh, the easy part and the sensible part from that point of view with uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. It's like, you've got Neymar, Messi and Mbappe showing off the best that, you know, Qatar has to offer. Look how brilliant we are at sport. And then you, well, not accidentally, but you deliberately spend £200 billion on bringing a World Cup to your country. We've all done it. Hey, the Black Friday sales are on at the minute, Moscow. It's easily done. And um, putting on display the other big thing to celebrate sport, which is that, you know, they founded the Aspire Academy in 2006, I think it opened. And Our friends, the Aspire Academy. Mm-hmm, put a, a billion to build it, and then whatever they've spent on importing young people to uh, people it ever since. And that was meant to be the celebration of like, look how great we are at doing sport. And they did win the Asian Cup with a team mostly composed of players from the Aspire Academy. But I think the the team on, what, did they launch this fiasco on Saturday it was, wasn't it? Sunday, the, the, Sunday. the ceremony. Yeah. And he, oh, that oh, wasn't... Oh, uh, on, live, live watch along, Moscow. We interrupt your monologue to bring you a goal by a team. It's, uh, <laughs> it's good. Anyway, I'll, <laughs> I'll shut up about the ethics of the World Cup and just let you watch it. <laughs> this is the problem. It's quite fun watching Argentina getting beaten by Saudi Arabia. Do you know what it's, I think about it is, like, there's been a lot of um, annoyance about the people taking like the rainbow hats off the Welsh fans, for example, and the beer ban. And it's it was always inevitably going to get to this point, wasn't it? And I think it's less about being respectful of other people's cultures because I'm kind of mindful that I don't think we've got the right to be the gatekeepers for football, like, you know, in, like in England and in the West. I, I do accept that it's a game that can go around the world. It's more to do with like the bidding process and all that, isn't it? Mm. Really, the the annoyance has kind of transferred itself into these these cultural issues. Um, and, and if they'd have said it, it just wasn't part of the bid, was it? The this um, actually we're going to be quite intolerant. I'm sure nothing at the start of the, uh, the in their bid application said we're not going to have beer and we're going to ban and we're not going to let anyone in wearing anything even that we consider even vaguely controversial. Mm. They'll have said, "Oh no, it's going to be dead good. Everyone's mm. going to be welcome. It's going to be really fun." Nothing so, about the bid said it was going to be held in winter. No, <laughs> nothing. It, nothing about move, the bid said that, nothing about the bid said that we're going to ban beer sales. Nothing about the bid really had any importance, other than I think the thing you need to bear in mind is that um, very few of the people who were on the voting committee are allowed to vote for World Cups in the future. The, the Russia World Cup and the Qatar World Cup were voted for at the same time by the same people all of whom have since been kicked out of any mm. prospect of voting for any future I mean, three of them um, are dead. World Cups. Well, that is a contributing factor to them not voting anymore, <laughs> but with the uh, the rest of them, um, that's some, some elections, dead people do vote, in fairness. So ever since then, instead of presenting it perhaps as, you know, I mean, well, it took to three days before it for Seth Blatter to say this has maybe been a mistake or this has been a mistake, <laughs> but it's not been that present that argument. Instead, you've had, basically people like Gianni Infantino out in front of it 
trying to pretend all along that this is the best thing that could possibly be happening when nobody nobody feels that way about it mm-hmm. apart from uh, the people who managed to arrange for it to happen back in 2010 and uh, and then spent the 200 billion pounds and the however many workers lives to get us to this point where where you know it's happening isn't it so <laughs> <laughs> it is ha- yes it is happening as as we speak literally as we speak as the kids would say i think the thing i was talking about with aspire academy is um yeah so the eventual output of that on the biggest world stage the they even moved the opening match, they didn't say that that was going to be moved to the Saturday. It was all supposed to kick off or the Sunday. It was all supposed to kick off at the same time. But they were like, no, we want Qatar's first match to be shown separately so that everybody can see how great the last 20 years of, of Aspire Academy has made us an absolutely fantastic sporting nation. And it's made them an English non-league level sporting <laughs> nation. And that's um, backfiring so spectacularly was sort of beautiful. But yeah, it's worth remembering that we spent a long time hearing from Andrea Ratrizzani and Angus Kinnear and our board member, Ivan Bravo, who is one of the, he's the director general of Aspire Academy, Aspire Academy, and was promoted to being just director of sport for the entire of Qatar, was on our board during that time saying, you know, Aspire Academy's best place to link up with Leeds is going to be fantastic. Um, we'll have access to these brilliant facilities, knowledge transfer all this kind of stuff quietly dropped when he uh, left us in 2019. Although we are still involved in the, the legacy projects that we've we, we celebrated um, Qatar Sport Day in Sheffield in 2020 for reasons that you know beyond anybody's real. <laughs> um, <laughs> did we? Oh, Ken, I, I remember yeah. it well. Wait, oh, oh, it was a, a great day. day. It was such a good day. So uh, all that kind of stuff um, just leads up to yeah, and then the first match was just I mean the VAR that it started with a, a absolutely painful. VAR decision just kind of um, sums the whole thing up that it's not just about the World Cup being awarded for the reasons it was awarded and now being played for the reasons it's being played but it's like every current of the worst aspects of football (laughs) all converging on this one dreadful boring game of football that even started with the worst offside VAR in the world ever probably I mean it's up there yeah I mean, there's been a goal disallowed in this game for someone's a Pat Bamford shoulder being ahead of a foot, thirty yards from goal type arrangement, yeah. which I'm not on board with. I know they've done the automated thing, which technically gives you a decision, but well, that, it's the, still shit. The one in Qatarek was always um, the, you know, we've said before uh, probably about Pat Bamford having his goal ruled out for pointing was the whole point of the offside law is to stop people from running to the goal and goal hanging and getting a, an advantage by cheating. Whereas this was a guy at the back post who was rendered offside because the goalkeeper essentially punched his own defender away from the goal. And that meant that for about a millisecond, his lower leg was technically offside. And so anything that happened after that, he was moving away from goal to get the ball. And him, his leg being offside for that half second did not really contribute to him being able to score the goal whatsoever. But no, we hang around for five minutes and we wait for it to be chalked off. And Alexa has something to say about this. <laughs> it's, it's good having a voice-activated device on the desk in a, a podcast studio. <laughs> we, we can never, we can never talk about Alex Ferguson. We can't talk about Alex Scott. Can't talk about there's any Leeds players called Alex Crew Alexandra. Just yeah, flummoxed. Aren't you? Jeff Bezos is probably Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Jeff Bezos is doing his nut now. He can't understand why he's getting all these requests. <laughs> She's still thinking, Alexa, stop. 
So you've just made everybody who's listening to this on a smart device now turn it off. Oh god, yeah. Sorry about that. Oh dear anyway. me, that was great. So it's a good tournament so far. I like how the games are really, really long. I think that's helping as well. <laughs> that is quite funny, actually. Just 25 minutes of stoppage time for the England match. That's great. It's as if they've realised that because before and after the games, like the BBC preparation where they did an hour on um, the World Cup issues, like shit, just make the games really long so they don't have time for half-time or analysis afterwards and Roy Keane won't get to say anything. I quite like the fact that properly, um, especially as we've kind of suffered at its hands this mm. year, making the injury time correct. It's good. It's like, I, think sh- I, I want to see a board go up with 25 minutes on it at some point and at Ellen got, Road. And they've got the concussion protocol spot on as well, haven't they? <laughs> letting, a man who, letting a man who doesn't know his own name stay on the pitch, clearly. He's like, what was that about? Well, I know, I know. Someone's was... watching it going, everyone watching it going, take him off, yeah. take him off, I mean, just even, take even, him off now. Even the commentary team was saying it, look, this is just not right. <laughs> it was Jermaine Genius being very earnest, wasn't it, saying, you can't, you know, for his own safety, take him off. And I was like, God, my God, I'm agreeing with Jermaine Genius. Oh dear, mate. Ridiculous. Yeah. But that was, I mean, it was nice from an England point of view. Like we were saying in the run-up to this when we did the preview, you, um, you me and Rob, uh, Michael, that we weren't really enthused about the whole thing. And I think partly because there's obviously the circumstances of the World Cup, but because we'd seen such a, like a conservative England, I think there's a, there's a feeling like going out of the World Cup, uh, sorry, losing the Euros as they did with that kind of, dropping deeper and deeper thing against Italy when they could have gone out and potentially won that to then follow it up with such a turgid run in the in the Nations League. So to see them turn it on, admittedly, you know, you've got to frame it around the, the context that it was, I don't want to say only Iran, but it's a team considerably lower than them in the rankings. Albeit 20th. top 20 still, yeah. That, top that 20. just shows how shit the rankings and they, are. Uh, the finishing on the first goal was delightful. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was a really, really good start. And I think it's something I think the England team has probably needed, which was also... Play a formation that's a bit more exciting to watch. You don't need to play three at the back with another two holding players in front with the full back. So you've essentially got seven defensive players. Just send them out Are there. Are you with saying all... Calvin Phillips was holding his back? Yes. Oh my God, Alexis, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous thing. Press the button. Moscow's There's a mute button, button on it. Isn't there? <laughs> um, yes, it was, it was nice to see England attack because I actually sat there and watched that with a certain amount of relaxation. Um mm. Versus the, the the stress and not stress with England, it's just more annoyance really sometimes. I must, yeah. I, my expectations were that we win, but in a kind of boring shit way, like a one one nil two nil near sort of a performance. But actually, it was it was quite good fun. Did, did you hear and, the, we, and we defended in a comical way as well, which was just added to the fun of it. Yeah. Did you um, hear the shouts from the sideline of "Keep the ball moving, keep the ball moving"? And I think Southgate touched on it in the post match when he was saying when we slow the play down we're nowhere near as effective so it seems like the penny might have dropped and that they've got to play at quite a high tempo in order to get the best out of this side so it fills me with a bit of optimism that we might have something halfway decent to watch anyway as England fans yeah it, it was it was fairly fun wasn't it yeah and, and I, th- I don't know watching it I thought I quite like this a lot of this England team actually they all seem like relatively decent people don't yeah, they yeah even Grealish he's an absolute idiot but he's I think he's probably not a bad bloke really. <laughs> his heart's in the right place <laughs> his yeah. heart's in the right I mean Absolutely terrifyingly stupid, but a really quite a talented footballer and, um, you know, an all right bloke. So, Did you see, um, I don't know, I'm not taking the the link from terrifyingly stupid or anything, but Calvin Phillips in the build-up, did you see his interview about uh, sorting his shoulder injury out and getting to the World Cup? No. Um, it's great because there were two things with Calvin in the build-up to this. Well, I guess three things if you if you think about him holding us back from the Jude Bellingham future, but... Um, he did those photos for Adidas, um, posing in a sitting in a bath that were quite funny. Mm. And then Liam Cooper left a comment on on his Instagram, going, "This you now," <laughs> with a couple of eyes for uh, an emoji, which was I funny. Like that. Yeah. But then he ain't changed. That's, because, like, that's very big brotherly, isn't it? 
he, hadn't, he hasn't changed at all because um, he was talking about how he's worked really hard to get um, back from this shoulder injury and taken Pep Guardiola's advice. He was like, you need to do the operation now and you will get back from the, in time for the World Cup. Um, so he just had to, to trust him and so he's, he's done all that. And then it sounds like the week before, he was doing weights in the gym at Manchester City and was taking a plate off the rack and dropped it on his foot. <laughs> and he says, I think it was the, it was either a two kilogram or a five kilogram. I said, if it had been much heavier, broken foot, no World Cup. Bloody and he hell. was just, um, he said it's still hurting that he was that game that he, he, he played. It was um, for Manchester City where he came on as a sub. He was going on there with a bruised foot because he's dropped a gym plate on it like an absolute, just, well, just, you know, he hadn't changed at all. And it made me, I know there's still a lot of kind of, there's some schadenfreude for for Calvin Phillips. He's gone to Manchester City and he hadn't worked out at all. But you read things like that about him, you just think, was it Dave Besson who broke his like dropping mayonnaise on There was somebody who dropped a bottle of mayonnaise. I was that was Dave Besson, yeah, yeah. He tried to, uh, yeah, instead of using his hands to catch it, he tried to use his foot to kick it when it dropped out of a, a high kitchen cupboard. <laughs> and there was, um, I think, Rio Ferdinand, put, while he was at Leeds, maybe, put his foot through a, a glass um, mm. coffee table. Yes, I do remember that. You, you see, one of those goals, you you can't risk players in friendlies and don't don't play them in the cup in case something happens, but just... Don't, don't leave them alone. Yeah, yeah. Why is this say like ninety percent of accidents happen in the home? Mm. Yeah, that's where all ninety percent of injuries um, happen. But yeah, that was all right, wasn't it? I, I enjoyed watching England um, without stress being attached. So much of football has felt stressful in recent years that it was nice just to think, ah, mm. oh, you know what? It's all right. It's all right. This and Bellingham is dead good, isn't he? He really is a good footballer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's played like one hundred and twenty games or something, and he's still a child. He's nineteen. It's really strange. Which is absolutely wild, and he's got he's got a very wise head on him, hasn't he? A very wise footballing head. I think we mentioned it before, but he played in that that ridiculous five four game, four, yeah. and in that, just saying, who the fuck's this lad? He's like a child because I think it was, they said on the commentary he was sixteen. It was like that, that can't be right. He can't be sixteen. He looks incredible. <laughs> <laughs> looks far too good. Retiring his number at Birmingham doesn't look so daft anymore, does it? That's true. <laughs> absolute fair play. No, it is. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. What did you make of uh, USA Wales as well? We saw our boy Dan James in there um, and obviously Tyler. Tyler doing his thing. Let's talk about Tyler. Tyler yeah, was great. He looked good, didn't he? He was, uh, he was man of the match and I think in the, a lot of the American coverage gave him man of the match. Yeah, he was brilliant doing Tyler Adams things. Didn't get, didn't get booked in the end, did he? No. He I was pushed it. I really, really felt it was going to be booked, but he's got an, a really nice sideline in fouling people and shouting at them, like speaking to him as well, which is good. Mm. I quite like the, the little, little aspect of him. He's always on the scene with the referee as well. I think mm. being captain as well, which again, for uh, youngsters, I guess all the USA players are young, but he's only 23 captaining his country. It's pretty good going, but I think he uses it as license to be like, it's okay, ref. I'm captain, therefore <laughs> I can call you a douchebag to your face. It was, it was just, I was not obviously watched much of the, the US team, but I'm kind of hearing bits of coverage of them from listening to stuff about Leeds players. And they've all been moaning like fuck about Greg, who I didn't realise was double, double G either. We're like, calling him Greg, are we? He's Greg Gugger. He's uh, like Greg Wallace. Um, Bearhalter is the name of the manager, isn't he? But they, yeah. were all, they all slug him off. And I can kind of see why after that second half. Yeah, I was going to say things I've heard from people I've spoken to, they're saying he makes weird substitutions. Games just get away. They're in charge of games and they just get away from him. Mm, yeah, so I can see their annoyance because at half time I was thinking, bloody hell, Wales are absolutely awful here. Yeah. And then they just brought Kiefer Moore on and looked decent all of a sudden. I think they're attempting to attack in the second half did Wales some favours. Yes, Rather than having Dan, I mean, Dan James. What, what, what were they trying to do? I mean, again... Just put it to, give it to Dan James and let him run a bit, but he just does that thing where he checks back and passes it. Because nobody can keep up with him. Yeah. It's good that he's playing for Wales, though, because the manager, Rob Page, and also Gareth Bale, so the captain and uh, goal scorer, were very particular and careful in their post-match interviews to say, Dan James did nothing wrong. He played very well in the first half. It's a tactical change to get Kiefer Moore on. And I like that because Wales as well you've got to remember they, they've dragged along not dragged along but they've brought along a couple of players who basically a bit too old to be mm. part of an active World Cup squad but because they got them there and because they mean something because they like them have taken them who, um, who, is, who, are you, who are you referring to? Johnny Williams is one of them isn't he? yeah he was like a, a bit of, I don't even know where he is now he's like in League One or something I think isn't I can't remember <laughs> And they did, it was like... Are they, um, are they there for hype men purposes, really? Well, Essentially, yeah. But also because they deserved it, because they did all the qualifying and, and got Wales to this point. And it's the same with Dan James, where they're like, no, he's been part of this squad for years as we're trying to qualify for this World Cup. He's here, he played 45 minutes and we're not going to slag him off. And we're, mm. not, we're, going, to, we're going to get that out there and say that just because he went off at half-time um, doesn't mean he's let anybody down. And it's nice to hear that kind of supportive... Um, statements being made by his teammates straight away to shut bankers like us <laughs> up before we uh, start on him. And the and the, the manager taking responsibility as well. He was saying that, yeah, he, he thought that Dan James running in behind would be the right thing against the USA and then watched it for a half and decided, no, I need the big lad on and it's why, I guess, you have a, a squad at a World Cup so you can choose between the big lad and the little one. In. Especially with all that number of subs as well yeah. contributes to it that you can afford to make those half-time changes and you're not burning loads of your options in the second half. Though. Yeah, and it could be that, you know, against England, do you want to have, is it, uh, well, I mean, Harry Maguire might have a concussion check, but sticking Kiefer Moore up against Harry Maguire or um, John Stones or somebody, is that going to be the right one? Or can we finally use Dan James's pace? So, you know, I think that um, Maguire was ill, wasn't he? He said subsequently. It wasn't. Because he doesn't want a concussion break. Yeah. Well, whatever it might be. Who are we to speculate? 
Moscow. But what it does mean is it, like that draw between USA and Wales, which I think was probably a fair result, you think, on balance? Yeah, by the end yeah, of it. Game, classic game of two halves. It sets it up for the Thanksgiving Friday game, this coming Friday, England-USA. They need to get something from it, which means they can't just sit back. Because I think they need to draw, don't they, effectively against us? Do you know what? I don't even know. Can't you remember. need to draw, you can sit back. Yeah, I suppose. Play for nil-nil. And they were very good at, at um, being injured in the second half with USA as well. There was a lot of Wolves, Everton stuff going on where they were just someone would just lay down in the middle of the pitch and wait for the referee to stop it. Mm. I was getting a bit frustrated by that actually, even as a as a pretty much a neutral in this game. I was like, "Oh come on, just fucking play on." It's because the ref kept stopping it. I was like, "Let, let him lay there for a bit, see if they get up, <laughs> leave him be." Um, little Brendan came on as well in the second half. Did all right. Did some wriggling and jiggling about, didn't he? In that way, he does. Mm. Got kicked a few times, but uh, he, he was fine. Yeah, he was fine. But no, Adams looks amazing. Looks exactly like he does for us. In fairness, just doing. Doing that thing of doing Adam's thing, hassling people and winning the ball, and he seems to be playing a bit further up as well. Did you notice that he was playing a bit higher up the park? I don't know if he's just pressing very high because of the way Wales, Wolves, whoever they were playing, Wales, 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 the other other animals. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he was that because of the way they were playing. But yeah, he was he was a bit further up. He was generally everywhere. I think that's the thing with Tyler mm-hmm. Adams. If you're looking um, at part of the pitch, the the chance at the end when it looked like Gareth Bale was going to score from halfway I can't remember the name of the player who kicked him but he'd said good, uh, good yellow that one he'd said in the build up to the World Cup he said that if we're going to stop Gareth Bale we're probably just going to have to kick him <laughs> and he managed to get that, get one in there so that was quite successful um, and then on the replays of that as he's kicking him Tyler Adams is appearing and you, it just sums him up really that here is some danger wherever it is on the pitch he may not have been the first there but he made sure he was the second mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And uh, John Hartson doing the co-commentary on ITV in the UK. That was fun, wasn't it? A lot of people were slagging him off. I don't mind completely biased commentary, I yeah. have to say. Yeah. I, I think fair enough. It's <laughs> better than the old Martin Keon. Couldn't give it... You know. Just describing what exactly... Oh, he's yeah. kicked the ball and it's gone out. Yeah, so the, the Gareth Bale's penalty, you get some excitement um, to listen to from John Hartson. And genuine as well, because you, you'll know all the... the it's a close-knit community, the, the Wales following, isn't it? And probably a lot of it in the the wake of Gary Speed's death as well so he's kind of like there's there's um I think it was Aaron Ramsey was talking about how that still drives them forward and that they remember that this journey began um with Gary Speed sort of sorting everything out basically it's we are not going to be a, a two bit a uh, bunch of also rants anymore so all that kind of builds up to it and so when you get to this point in the journey um it's nice to hear somebody enthusiastic about it instead of yeah the, the classic Martin Keown thing well you know he's taken the he's taken a penalty there and uh, <laughs> he's he's aimed for the top corner and you know the quality on on the shot is uh, yeah there's a, there's a hand to it that you can see there and um, but the power of it and, yeah I know all that Martin but what I don't know is what it feels like to be a proud Welsh person um, involved in everything that's been going on and how it feels in that moment, but that's what I got from John Hartson was a little bit of a of a hint of the um, excitement and the, the joy that a nation was uh, feeling, like, which is what a World Cup should be is about. It when he went, it? Go on, Rob, stick it long like that. I really enjoyed that. That was good, <laughs> enjoyably kind of uh, partisan. But, I mean, that? as Leeds fans, we have our own biased Welshman yeah. who we love, don't we? On the commentary, so yeah, Brent Brit and Tony are great, aren't they? Keep, so, uh, keep with it. I mean, compared to Dion Dublin on the opening game, who <laughs> I was listening to it thinking, God, this is painful. Then I saw a tweet saying. <laughs> I don't want to go to Dion Dublin, but if he was sat behind me at Palace, I'd assume it was his first game. 
which is quite good. fantastic. And he also, when he was like, oh, they're really going for it, aren't they? Those Qatar fans, it's like they're then, very obviously shipped in people who are, they're part of a show. They are not actual. Yeah, they've given them all a T-shirt. They've given them all a matching T-shirt and instructed them to sing, like, don't, don't big it up. Yeah. And, and also, like, look around, look around the rest of this, look around the bit of the stadium where people aren't being paid to be. It looks fucking dreadful. It's it's half empty and no one is interested. Did you enjoy the deadline day fun in the Netherlands-Senegal game as well? We had Cody Gakpo scoring for the Netherlands as they beat Senegal, obviously, but Bambadien coming off the bench for Senegal. What could have been? Here's what you could have won. I turned it off by that point. I was making the kids too. What did, <laughs> so, you, make, what did you make them? Freezer tapas? Um, no, it was Paul Park, actually. Oh, yeah, fancy. You, absolute fucking monster. Slow cooked. Nice. What well were with it? What do you have? A mash? Um, rice. Oh. Yeah. And some veg. Yeah, nice. Good. Excellent. Um, and Rasmus Christensen plays later today against uh, Tunisia, but we'll catch up with that when we speak later in the week because we'll be back later in the week to do a bit more of this. And yeah, and as it stands at the minute, 15 minutes to go in the um, in the Saudi Argentina game. And Saudi currently winning against Rodrigo de Paul. Oh. He's been rubbish as well. He, he has as well. I don't want him anymore. He's too old. They're past, all shit. Messy shit too. <laughs> I, well, waiting for the equaliser now and then the late winner. But um, So that, that brings us to the conclusion of the World Cup chat, I think, unless we have anything else to add. Um, just a couple of Leeds bits to talk about in terms of um, Bielsa not going to Bournemouth, it looks like. Footy Insider, if they are to be believed, saying it's that's not on, it's not happening. It's the one time in my life I've chosen to just believe <laughs> yep. Footy Insider. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anybody could have said it, I don't care, but I'll just believe it. This is what I want to be true. A huge amount of wishful thinking. Yeah, Steve Evans said that, wasn't he, when he, um, he said that we definitely wouldn't be selling Sam Byram and then we sold Sam Byram and he says, well... Maybe I wanted it to be true. <laughs> Just trying to manifest things in the universe by saying it. <laughs> yeah, which didn't ever work on Massimo Cellino, but we might have a better chance with uh, with Bielsa if enough Leeds fans kind of go full Yuri Geller and just like... The group think. Concentrate of, yeah. on anything, but um, I suppose we can't reject the colours scarlet and black, uh, can we? Because, um, uh, because the square ball away shirt, which is now once again safe to buy, um, still available from our website. The square ball, don't that is um, <laughs> shocking, shocking. Yeah, it was always the color orange with Yuri Geller. Was you concentrate on orange to make something happen? But if you concentrate on that with Bielsa, he's like, oh no, they want me to go to to Bournemouth. Just the vibes. I hope we all kind of um, transmitted along the lines of you. It's your own life, Marcelo, and you owe us nothing. But please, <laughs> if you could just maybe do one more favor, because now it 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 comes down to it. It would be nice if this didn't happen. I didn't. I didn't really think about the prospects of him going to another club no. in England until then. It's being reported, and then I know deep down that the emotions come to the surface. I'm just like, no. All we're asking no. is that you entirely rule out as one of the world's best coaches. You rule out the best league in the world. That's all we're asking. It's not difficult. Yeah. Well, you, you just, can't just uh, never well, never come here again unless it says I would. Well, guest. speaking of Orange, there's talk of him going to Rangers, isn't there? So devout Catholic, devout Catholic male, Marcelo, Marcelo Bielsa going to the most Protestant football club in the world. Do we know his opinion on the Queen? No, no. I, <laughs> I feel like we're straight into <laughs> choppy waters that we should probably avoid in, in this in this absolutely cheap dinghy that we're in. Yeah, possibly. Um, I don't know. I feel like he he can get a better job than that, can't he? Probably, but he might find it's, it's there's a lot there's a lot to attract somebody to a job like that, isn't there? It's I a guess? massive. I mean, it is a massive club with obviously a huge fan base and stuff. So all the in a in a kind of Slightly grim industrial city, which is what is—that's his general way of doing it's just, things. His vibe, isn't it? So it's his jam. It's it's a cultural centre. Well, so is Leeds, but it's also a bit grim and industrial. <laughs> I was trying to 
I'm trying to mollify any Glaswegian listeners. It's a, <laughs> it's a great city with great nightlife, lots of galleries, beautiful architecture that admittedly keeps catching on fire. <laughs> <laughs> But they keep putting it back together again and then letting it burn again. I've only, I've only ever had a, smashing, had a smashing time in um, in Glasgow. I went up for the preseason friendly for, against Celtic, mm. uh, which was, I think we wore the blue kid, didn't we? I think Hasselbank scored and then we sold him not long after. But um, that was good fun because I drove up from my base in Newcastle and I remember, I think I set off at 4.30 in the morning and then went cross country, got to Glasgow at 7.30 to meet all the Leeds fans. Like my dad was staying there in a B&B with a load of blokes and walking into a, a room where they were all staying because I think what happened is they were on the ground floor of this this B and B or whatever this guest house, and a lot of them had gone up there without somewhere to stay, so they just opened the window uh, and let a load of them in. So probably about twelve men in there, sort of prison camp God vibe. The smell. And I was just going to say, imagine walking into that smell at seven thirty in the morning. Um, but then they took me straight out, and we went to the pub for breakfast and pints, and it was one pound fifty for a bacon butty and a pint of tenants. It's like Spanish tap, it's like Scottish tapas. Is that <laughs> you get food with it? Yeah, because it's the you know the pubs that are open for the workers because mm. the Scottish licensing laws are obviously a lot more relaxed than than um, than English ones. Uh, hence the drink problem. In, um, in <laughs> so we've called them the... just to add to the uh, <laughs> stereotypes. Problem drinkers. The other uh, well, I mean, one of the major considerations for Bielsa going to Rangers would be um, who does the translation for him because there's layers, isn't there? Mm. Um, and Andres might be able to handle English, but whether he can handle. Scots. Although he's got some, he'll have some friends there, won't he? He's got um, Ryan Kent finally getting to meet yeah. up with him. He's got Kimo Roof. There's the Tavernier Tavernier brother, mm. who's a Leeds fan. There's so. a lot, yeah, there's a lot of things to. So Scotland would be okay. Scotland's all right. I think obviously Argentina seems to be entirely ruled out, and Newell's have put the hex on him by naming their stadium after him. Mm. So he just he's I can't coach as an opponent in a stadium named after me, so he's turned down River Plate, if the reports are to be believed, which it's funny because he managed Velez and uh, won against Newell's in uh, the, what was, they used to just call it the, um, it's called the Concrete Park because it didn't have a name until they named their stadium after Marcelo Bielsa. So it's fine then, but then they were like, oh, well, we can't have this, so we'll name it after him. And then he's like, right, that I can't come here anymore. And then, yeah, it's interesting that the only, the job he was linked to in Spain is going back to Bilbao, so maybe he's kind of, you know, it's 10 years since he was at Bilbao. Maybe the fact that they still, Bilbao fans were coming to Leeds to meet him 10 years after he left, he's maybe realising, oh, I can't, I can't do it. So there's, there's not really many places left that he can safely go without upsetting somebody who once loved him. But the, apart from Germany, Germany is open for him, isn't it? The stadium was, uh, I like this, it was called the Colossus of the Park, to That's give it its it. official name. Yes. Yeah. The Colossus of the Park. Yeah. Well, that wasn't its official name. It was just, the, just known as, yeah, colloquially. It was known as that because they never named it, which is great. I mean, was Elland Road ever like formally named? Before? The old was, Peacock Ground. Yeah, I suppose so, but nobody called it that. We say it was going down to Elland Road because that's where the stadium was. Most of the, I guess, most of our, you know, Goodison Park it was just in the park. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so it shouldn't your, go to Everton either. That's your tour of the ground. No, I'm that's true. Although getting rid of Lampard would be kind of funny. No, not that. No, no it's good for him <laughs> staying there. No, you're right. The joke would be on us. Yeah. It would, wouldn't it, really? Um, before we sign off this episode, let's just say congratulations as well to Kevin Sinfield, Sir Kevin Sinfield, not football related, but definitely Leeds related, has raised over £2 million for motor neurone disease, um, which is absolutely, well, what an effort. What are his calendars like, though? Hey, what are his calendars like? <laughs> not, not the time. Not the time, Oscar. Uh, and running over 300 miles over seven days. I mean, we walked 92 in four, and that, that fucking killed. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he looks a good deal fitter than us. 
<laughs> it didn't buy the end of it. it well, no. He's still moving, though. The fact he was, he was still moving. He was is... still moving, yeah, and, and an incredible thing to do. Whereas I was crying <laughs> for the final <laughs> walk down to Ellen Road. Yeah, it hurts so much. When he goes into the detail of it and you see the sort of the the clips that he will allow to be shown of him kind of creaking into an ice bath to get ready to go again tomorrow. It's, it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, like, overall, he's raised like, he's about four or five million quid or more for, for MND, which is just absolutely insane. And let's not forget, you know, it was, it was motor neuron disease that claimed the life of Don Revy in the end as well. So it's it's one of those things that's quite close to home. So what I mean, what an effort. What an effort. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, right, we'll sign it off there then. Anything to add before we head off and watch the, the exciting last five to ten? Well, I'm actually, I was going to say, there's eight minutes left of the... Argentina Saudi Arabia game, but that actually means half an hour in real terms. Get Bielsa in. How much? Uh, Bielsa could have this job. How much stoppage time was there in the first half? Five, I think, had it done. Okay, there'll be at least eight. We say in the second half. <laughs> Bloody hell! Excellent. I mean, there's a. They're asking a lot of us <laughs> <laughs> from from the very outset. You know, this whole thing's quite hard work. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with it. It may get better. You never know. I might just not bother actually. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in for your latest World Cup enthusiastic diary later this week. All the things I really want to stick to in the hope that they get better. I don't think the Qatar World Cup is particularly high up there. No. But, um, we can rest assured knowing it's not worked out for them particularly well. Which is which is the I think that's probably the most pleasing aspect of this World Cup is that it's we said that in the run up, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's gone so it's going so so badly for them. Yeah. I don't think anyone's seen it and gone, Okay, I'd love to go there on holiday. It looks class. Great speech, Gianni. <laughs> well done. You've really Knocked it out of the park. Christ, Proud of about you. That, <laughs> Save it for that's, later in the week. <laughs> I mean, that's the man who's in charge of world football. But he, he has to... It's, it's No, he didn't have to say any of that it's, stuff. It's the, uh, it's the Iraqi information minister, that meme, isn't it? Like, in front of the microphones, pleading, everything's fine, everything's fine, it's just, it's mental. I think there were many, many, many ways he could have said that without going into the detail of him being a ginger child and yeah. therefore and, understanding racism. And, and it says very, very, very much that that's the route he chose. Yes, mm. yes. Well, to coin his phrase, his words, use his words, today I feel like Dan, today you feel like Michael, today you feel like Moscow, and probably will do tomorrow. So we'll, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you, everybody. We'll speak to you later in the week. The Square Ball Podcast. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.